This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. It's the Now News Panel on AMI-tv. I'm Dave Brown, joined by Michelle McQuig and Joey Gupta. Let's get into the next topic. Montreal's Olympic Stadium is in need of repairs. That's not a new story. Uh, I've been alive since 1983, and that's an annual story out of the city of Montreal. But the cost of the most recent repairs, well, they're starting to stack up here. The cost of a roof repair, along with a support ring, might add up to a billion dollars. A billion dollars. A few folks have suggested maybe it's time to tear the whole thing down. Joita, what do you find interesting about this story? Well, as you say, the fact that the stadium and other sports venues, the older they get, the fact that they have these mounting bills for repairs isn't newsworthy in and of, of itself. But the billion-dollar price tag does make you wake up and pay attention and say, hang on a second, what is going on here a week after week on this panel, we talk about housing, we talk about food, we talk about healthcare, and how there just doesn't seem to be enough money in the pot to try and address any of those issues. And then wham, way out of left field, you get a story like this saying, <laughs> can we drop a billion dollars to fix a fix the roof of an Olympic stadium in Montreal? And it's a probably an, an issue that not that isn't just relevant for Montreal, although that's probably where we will focus today. But it is something that I think a number of cities with aging sports arenas and other facilities have to contend with, which is who pays for the repairs? Uh, how relevant is it? Um, and, you know, ultimately, what's the public good here? Uh, especially when you look at the uh, Olympic movement, it's not without its fans and it's not without its critics and the critics have been very quick to point out that uh, the Olympic Games and other major sporting events leave behind a legacy of debt and that many of these sport sports facilities uh, although they become much beloved national symbols and icons or local symbols and icons also carry with them are also you know white elephants and end up soaking up a lot of money and resources so what do we do with the stadium is this the best way to fund uh, the olympics and to have uh, and to pay for venues what are the what are the repercussions for local uh, and national policies to have these 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 white elephants and are there other models that we should be looking to as we move into you know into um the next decade to try and and mitigate the cost and the impact of some of these games. So it's a it's a it's a a, a question that's always fun to wrestle with. Oh, I think. Oh, okay, let's start small because you you went you went pre, you went pretty big there. But let, let's start small <laughs> with Montreal itself. <laughs> by the way, the Olympic Stadium in Montreal was never beloved. It's it's been hated my entire life. Uh, <laughs> oh. they, 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 they 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 should have torn this thing down 23 years ago. They especially should tear it down <clears throat> now that it has no resident team that it serves. The Expos are gone. The, oh. the, the, Al right. the, the Alouettes played downtown. There's like a couple of monster truck rallies and maybe an occasional Metallica concert that goes on <laughs> at the Olympic Stadium. The, 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 at this point, the Olympic Stadium serves no purpose to the city of Montreal. There's some really cool stuff around the Olympic Stadium. The Stade Saputo, what used to be the Biodome. It's now the Espace TV. It's really awesome. It's where I used to take girls on dates. It's amazing. <laughs> like, But the Olympic Stadium is time to go. And Michelle, if it's a billion dollars 
$1,000 price tag to keep this useless thing up, I, I can't imagine it's going to cost a billion to tear it down. And and like a billion, it seems to be a conservative estimate from what I understand. A billion would handle the most basic of the fundamental structural repairs. We're talking about a roof that's patched in what, a thousand plus places already? thousand plus places. Yeah. Um, um, and even, but, but apart from that, apparently the acoustics are terrible. The, the fields can only be used in half the year. So the, the billion dollar price tag, as far as I understand, it doesn't even address those issues that would make it worth fixing in the first place. So um, I, I apologize if my lack of nostalgia or sentimental consideration here hurts any Montrealers, but I'm on team. I'm on team. Tear it down. It, it, Sorry. it will hurt no Montrealers. I mean, you know, maybe there's a couple. Maybe there's a couple outliers who beloved the Olympic Stadium, but uh, they are few, 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 and far between. Uh, Julia, just just be quick on this one because I think I know where you land. What to do with the Olympic Stadium in Montreal? Well, put simply, I think oh. it is perhaps time to demolish it because of all the reasons that you've outlined already. So. Yeah, there you go. It like it serves no purpose at this point. Oh. It serves no purpose, and if the stadium doesn't serve a purpose, a billion dollars of taxpayer money should not go into fixing it yeah. after yeah. the taxpayers have already spent billions and billions on the thing since the nineteen since the late nineteen sixties and early nineteen seventies. So yeah, let, let, let's get rid of this thing. It's useless. Bye bye. Now let's explore the interesting stuff, which is the broader point that Chuita brought out here, because the Olympics in Montreal ended up being quite a costly affair. There are plenty of other host cities that have had uh, not great fortunes with their Olympic hosting. I think uh, Athens, Greece is one that definitely got uh, beaten up pretty good. Sochi, Russia, Sydney, Australia. There, yeah. there have been some positive cases, though. The city of Vancouver is a much different place because of the Olympics. And there were a lot of improvements that got put into place by the city of Vancouver hosting the 2010 Winter Olympics. Joita, you've yelled at me about this before. Well, Dave, they could have done that anyway. But to a certain degree, local leaders and local businesses want some kind of return on investment if they're going to make those kinds of investments. And sometimes you need a little fancy carrot to dangle there. Um, I've got a more nuanced opinion than simply that. But, Joita, where are you at on cities spending uh, big money to host, host large-scale sporting events? It's a tricky one. And the reason it's tricky is because um, there's often a lot of pressure put on politicians to go along with bids for Olympics and other games. One of the ways in which um, the prospect of hosting the games is dangled before residents is by saying, think about all those things you wanted done all these decades. Well, this is your chance to get affordable housing built. We'll have an athlete's village, yeah. and once the games are gone, it'll be turned into affordable housing. You know how you've been saying things just aren't accessible in the city? Well, here's your chance to get things made accessible. You know how you said you wanted that highway or that thing that can, you know, or this motorway or this this something else that connects point A to point B? Well, this is your chance to have it. So there is often a, a lot of pressure put on politicians. On the one hand, people are told that, you know, all these things that you wanted locally or these promises that have been dangled in front of you for years, they'll finally come to fruition once the games come to town. Um, uh, but also there's a lot of propaganda and a lot of PR and, uh, where people spin to say, but you know what? Yes, the games will carry a hefty price tag, but you're not going to see any deficits. Uh, in fact, in relation to the uh, 1976 Olympics in Montreal, it was it was said by one politician, the mayor of Montreal at the time, that the Olympics were about as likely to run into a deficit as a man was to have a baby. So, you know, there's a lot of spin that happens when the games come to town. 
And yet, inevitably, as we see in the case of Montreal and many other cities, cities end up paying for these games for decades after the fact. And it does tend yeah. to, the research show, skew public spending in favor of the games and away from other priorities. Uh, one of the points that I made many years to you, uh, ago to you, Dave, was, well, if you want housing or we want things cities, why don't we just pay for those things up front? So... I think it's it's um, it's tricky because it's often an inducement to try and 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 create spaces that ostensibly are for the public good, but many of these Olympic arenas, uh, venues, and sports arenas get used not by the average Joe, but by elite sports teams. So you know your local hockey team or your neighborhood baseball team is not going to be playing in the Olympic Stadium. So you really have to take that pronouncement with a grain of salt as well. So I think that there are other perhaps more sensible options when it comes to hosting large scale sporting events. I mean, we've we've not even had a talk about the security and the hefty price tag for security for many of these events. But, you know, as you can see with Montreal, um, 40 years down the line, you're now looking at scrapping the thing because it took a billion dollars to build it and they're saying it's going to yeah. take a billion dollars to it, refurbish it. it. It was built badly, though. Like, right from the start, it was built badly. So, like, that matters, too. There, there were standards. Uh, I want to come back to Vancouver because Vancouver is not a case of theoretical. There's tangible differences in Vancouver. The airport is connected via public transit to the downtown core. That is not nothing. The Sea to Sky Highway yeah. connects the city core all the way up to Whistler. There are a lot of people who use those resources and services frequently. The Richmond Oval has become a wonderful place for community in regards to community and sports. So there are tangible impacts in Vancouver for games that did not run a deficit. Like never, never lose sight of the fact that Quebec will do things corruptly if given the opportunity, and they were given ample opportunity for the 1976 Summer Olympics. Michelle, where are you at on city spending big money to host large-scale sporting events? I, I am profoundly conflicted about it. Uh, I have I have concerns about the Olympics. I, I think that there's a certain... I, I'm always a bit taken aback by the dog and pony show that comes out every time vying for the host cities. I'm very much awake to the concerns, all of which that Joita has that, that has outlined. But the net good, really, there's a lot of it, not just the ones you mentioned. It can do so much to encourage youth and local sport, as well as elite sport, having updated facilities in some of these big centers and even some of the more far-flung places. Because in we're not, it's not just the cities where events take place too, right? There's adjacent communities where sometimes facilities are updated and things can can be improved as, as other events are hosted there. So uh, I, there's a lot of net good. There's, I, I'm so conflicted. I'm, I never really know where to come down on this. I wish it was a bit less hype. I, I wish it was just a bit more scaled back and then I would probably be more equivocally in favor of this whole process. Yeah, I, I, I think sometimes when you apply the lens more broadly and internationally, there was no reason for Brazil to host the 2014 World Cup, building stadiums in the middle of the Amazon that are that were not accessible by vehicles. Mm. Like, like, mm -hmm. like, like, you know, there, there's stuff that you have to look at with a real sense of rationality. And it, third world countries or emerging economies maybe shouldn't be spending uh, that kind of money to build useless stadiums in useless places. So, so I think I think that there's a certain sense of you have to look at every story on an individual basis. But where I truly land on things, despite acknowledging the positives of when. When you do this and do this properly, when you do hosting international sporting events properly, 
in the aggregate, I think it's a really bad idea and does relate and does turn into a lot of these dog and pony shows. And you have to spend a lot of money just to do the bid <laughs> before you even necessarily. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's part of it, right? Like, it's just, it it's so much pageantry. And I feel like the, the, the better substance of things, and not just the games themselves, but the proper planning for them and the long-term planning of them that could get more community buy-in is lost to a lot of this pomp and circumstance that yeah. comes with going for the bid in the first place. Which, which is why I've somewhat reached the point, especially with the Olympics. Mm, soccer's a little bit different because I think there are a lot of places that are well-equipped to host the World Cup that don't involve uh, billions of dollars of taxpayer money going into useless places. But I think with the Olympics especially, I would suggest we're at the point where it's time for one central location yeah. to do the winter games and one central location to do the summer games. And every single four years, everybody recongregates there. And it's going to feel kind of nice, Joita, because there'll be a sense of familiarity. And then the IOC can use some of those billions of dollars that they have to refurbish their own facilities. Yeah, I think that's really where we're headed uh, now, especially with um, the last couple of years being having been as chaotic as they are and putting the pressures that they have, not just on individuals, but also on various levels of government. Cost of living is a pretty big mm -hmm. talking point. You turn around and you spend billions of dollars on uh, bidding for a game and building facilities and on and on and on. I think there's going to be less appreciation for it. What I think makes the whole thing that much more complicated is, you know, where is the political will to do some of the 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 things that the games uh, bring to local communities without the games coming to town? By which I mean, you, you use the example in Vancouver about uh, now the airport is connected to downtown. Well, why did it take the games in 2010 to make that happen? Where was the why wasn't there enough political will will or funding or what have you to try and make that thing happen before the games come to town? The, the inducement of the carrot is that all of these things that people really want and need and are desperate to have come and only ever come to fruition when the games come to town and if if and and that's what makes people look the other way uh, and swallow the large price tag. I mean, so I think you're right. I think it is time to have a very serious conversation about maybe just having permanent venues uh, for the Olympic Games. And and can I just say that I don't want anyone to misconstrue here. I think that uh, the athletes who compete in the Olympics are fantastic. It's great to watch. Um, and maybe there is something to be said for appreciating the the athletes and the athleticism that goes into competing in the Olympics while also remaining critical of the legacy of debt and the you know that that many of these games leave behind. Michelle, I, I put forward my idea of a central funding model that says, hey, central yeah. places for the winter and the summer games that might uh, help with some of the uh, ethical and moral quandaries posed by uh, large-scale international sporting events. But what do you think about these funding models or a better funding model? No, you know what? I think the central one has a lot going for it, and there's also a pretty strong sustainability and environmental argument to be made for that as well, if you're not doing quite as much travel and you're having to shuttle as many people as far you don't have as much development and construction going on as people chase this uh so for all the I, I won't repeat what everyone has said but i think there's a lot to that kind of model and although i i do kind of shudder at the bidding process that would ensue for that contract right to, uh, to be to be the permanent to be the permanent yeah, olympic site yeah 
that, that if, if, if I find the, the, the city process a bit hard to stomach, I suspect uh, I'd have to really buckle up for that one. Yeah. There's also going to be some folks who are going to be pretty cranky because like there's obviously probably going to be a continental bias here and it's probably going to end up being Europe. And then everyone's going to complain about time zones and then it's a whole new thing. But uh, yeah, burn that bridge when you get there. Okay, let's leave that one aside. Coming up after the break, more sports talk. Well, it's kind of sports talk. An amateur soccer association in Quebec is going to be equipping referees with body cameras to prevent abuse from parents and coaches and players. What do you think? Overreaction, a little bit uh, too safety focused here, or a sign of deeply uncivil times? This is the Now News Panel on AMI-tv. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.